Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Poetry Super Highway Live. It's February 2nd, 2014, the February edition of our monthly open reading. So happy to have you listening. So happy to have this opportunity to uh, let you share your poetry with, with everyone listening. Over a thousand people listen every month. That's pretty cool. Don't you think? My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the person who runs the Poetry Superhighway. I'm your host for this show. And I invite you to call in to share a poem. The number to call in is area code 646-716-7362. Or use the Skype button or the click to talk or whatever it is on the webpage that you're you're listening to this show on. Uh, we'll get to callers in just a few minutes, but do call in. It's a great opportunity for you to share your poem. 646-716-7362. Six two. I want to give a little acknowledgement and shout out to uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who uh, tragically passed away today. Unexpectedly passed away today. He is someone who is an actor. I'm, I'm sure you, you've heard of if you haven't already heard this news. Uh, someone who I'm sure you've seen in many films. Someone who never failed to command your attention and your, well, the screen, really, uh, when he was when he was on screen in any movie that he did. An extraordinarily talented actor. Came to my attention, I think, I really took notice of F- Philip Seymour Hoffman when the movie The Talented Mr. Ripley came out, which he played a, a leading role in opposite Matt Damon. And as I was looking through his Internet Movie Database page, I was surprised at the movies that I'd forgotten that he was in. Uh, you know, some of the most beloved movies of all time, like like The Big Lebowski, he was in that. He was in, he was in Boogie Nights. You know, I mean, what an, what an extraordinary career that he had, which was cut short far too soon, right up until most recently his appearance in the last Hunger Games film, which came out last year. So, mourning Philip Seymour Hoffman today. It was kind of funny as I was posting the announcements about this show uh, on various places on Facebook. Uh, You know, many people are, of course, talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman and and commenting about him. And someone had abbreviated his name, P.S.H., which is, of course, how we abbreviate this website and this show, Poetry Superhighway. So something very bizarre and strange and connected and holistically, I don't know what about all of that. Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away today, age of 46. He actually, one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, he had a, he may have had more of a connection to poetry than that I'm aware of, but he starred, well, starred is not the right word, he he lent his voice to a TV movie a couple of years ago called A Child's Garden of Poetry, in which many well-known actors voiced poems. 
by uh, famous folks, famous poems, etc. So some kind of connection there. PSH, Poetry Superhighway, Philip Seymour Hoffman, A child gar- Child's Garden Poetry TV Movie from 2011. All right, well, that's, that's, um, that's what we have to say about Philip Seymour Hoffman. Again, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Tiny bit of Poetry Superhighway news I'd like to... I'd like to share with you right now. Um, as you may be aware, we just started our 13th annual Great Poetry Exchange. This started Friday night at midnight Pacific time, and anyone in the world is invited to participate in it. It's a free project. Uh, the idea here is that you promise to send your book of poetry to someone else in the world And in turn, you will receive a book of poetry from another randomly selected participant. Now, you may be asking, well, who who would I send my poetry book? Do I just send my poetry book to a random person? No, not exactly. Uh, The way it works is you sign up online on the Poetry Superhighway website at poetrysuperhighway.com slash PSH. Click on the big Great Poetry Exchange link that's right there on the front page. And fill out the form, and uh, we'll add your book to the list of books that are participating uh, throughout the month of February. And then on March 1st, I'm going to send an email to everyone who has participated, matching up different people to send send your book to. So uh, it's not a one-to-one exchange. You won't be sending the book to the person who sends you their book. It's not a pairing up. It's kind of a circular thing. So I'm going to send you one address, and I'm going to send the person you're sending your book to another address, etc. And all you have to do is promise to send your book to them. Now, it might be someone who lives in a different country than yours, so you have to kind of be prepared that, you know, if you're sending to someone else in the United States and you're in the United States, it'll cost one thing, but if you get assigned someone in Europe or South Africa or Australia, it's, it's, you know, more expensive, but it's all done randomly. So be prepared for that. Um, Your book has to be uh, your book. It could be something you edited, I suppose. That's fine. Um, as long as you're going to send a book of poetry that has something to do with you to another randomly selected person, I promise that you will in turn receive a book of poetry from another randomly selected per- person. So during the first couple of weeks of March, books of poetry will be flying all over the world, some crossing each other in the mail, not even aware that that uh, that they're that they're next to each other, uh, arriving at their destinations, poets receiving surprise books of poetry. Um, the two other things you have to do um, is you have to promise to send your book out within two weeks of being notified. That's very important. And and this is crucially important. You have to promise to notify me that you've sent your book out. Otherwise, I have no idea that you've sent your book, and I will send you annoying follow-up emails. They'll start out polite. They'll say, say things like, have we, have we crossed in the mail? Uh, did it slip your mind? Then they get a little more pointed until finally I'm emailing you the fire of hell asking why you haven't sent your book out. And it could be because you sent it out. You just forgot to tell me that you sent it out. You know, So that's an important step. So... Uh, That's the Great Poetry Exchange. Since we launched the Poetry Exchange Friday night, not two days ago, uh, that's 24 hours plus 
14 hours, looking at my clock here, I guess that would be, let's see, 34, 36 hours ago and eight minutes. Um, about 20 people have already pledged to participate. That's pretty cool in just the first couple of days that we've uh, launched the project. Um, last year, 76 poets from all over the world participated. It's such a cool thing. So please, ladies and gentlemen, join in. It's a cool thing. I want to top 100 this year. Let's do it. Shall we? Of course, you can only participate with one book, so I really, you know, you can't personally promise 100. But if you participate, we'll get closer. It's not a contest. There's no cost to enter. I don't get any money for this. You know what I'm saying? It's just fun. You're going to send your poetry book to someone, and someone else is going to send their poetry book to you. Isn't that cool? Come on. All right, sign up online at the Poetry Superhighway website. If you have any questions about that, feel free to call in. The number again to call in is area code 646-716-7362. Primarily, I want you to call in and read your poem, but I'm going to ask you some questions about what's going on in your poetry world. I'd love to know about a reading that you attend. I'd love to know about something that's going on on your website. I'd love to know about a contest you're aware of. You know, Whatever you want to tell us in your poetry world, whether it's news about you or news that you're aware of, feel free to uh, share it with us. If you have questions about the Poetry Superhighway, any of our projects, anything of that nature, uh, feel free to um, you know, call in and ask those, um, etc. Anything goes in a poetic nature. Um, I recommend that you call in earlier in the show. Better that you sit on hold for a little while than call in during the last five minutes and not get on because we've, we get a ton of callers in the last five minutes and I can only fit so many people on. You know what I'm saying? So call now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our first caller is uh, from the 202 area code. Hello, 202. Hi, this is Susan Meehan calling. I've called in in the past. Hi, Susan. Welcome back. Thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Washington, D.C., but this poem is about New Orleans. My family owns a house there that got torched by arson. Oh, my and God. Yes, yes, very fierce. Five-alarm fire. Three houses burnt to the ground. Uh, drug dealers did it. And uh, I just... This poem is my... is helping me resolve how I feel when I think about it. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. It's called, In the Meantime, After Arson, Now is Gone. Right now, I wait for a resolution to find me, to announce its presence, to set up residence once again in my burnt soul. In the meantime, there is no time any meaner. It's taken a toll of my soul. Anger mixed with fear has grabbed possession of all I own, which isn't much after the flames. Breathing is itself regression. By and by is what I long for, a new song to replace the lament that has left a bad taste in my mouth. All I cared about, shared about, dared about has gone south licked up, picked up, and burned in a fire that torched more than the porches, walls, and floors, more than the doors that were open and now are shut in my soul's memories. 
For now, I've been left off in a place replaced by ashes where trash is all. There is no treasure, no pleasure to make the clock move in time measured by love. Now time's more iffy than I ever thought. Swift disaster in the flames races through my brain, changes the name of after into never again. Just for now, there is no justice. I, it can't feel right when fear mixed with tears can't stop the fire. Still burning in my night because now is gone and there's only dust. It's all that's left and once what once was a future back in that time I lost forever to a meantime and in-between time that's really stuck bad luck. Dreams blowing away in the wind. The air blistered by charred cinders. The evil deeds debris keeps on burning lives long after the fire is gone, putting out a spark in what used to be a beautiful life. That's it. <laughs> Susan, that's a lovely tribute to uh, to the home itself. I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much for letting me read it. It helps. Really does. Yeah, no doubt. Is it is this a place that you lived in, or just you said your family owned it? Which, which is do you have a connection to the house itself besides that? Uh, it was my owned? son lives two blocks away, and uh, it's just had a really hard time. If you know the Treme, uh, if you watch any of those uh, wonderful David uh, Simon uh, HBO shows. Uh, you'll know about it, and everything that was in that uh, series could have been easily about uh, living down there. The last time I was down there, after after a meeting with the police department, we got back, and just as we were parking the car, a guy ran by carrying a machine gun in his arms, a loaded machine gun. Wow, it's That's not uh, something you see every day. Um, no. Well, it's I'm I'm not familiar with with that show or or New Orleans really. It's one of the places that I've you know I keep uh, it's at the top of my list of places that I want to be able want to go to, and I and I'm enchanted I still by love the very the place. yeah. I, I, it's uh, it's a place that is addicting. Uh, hmm. So even the this stuff we're facing right now is is faced with a, a sense of you have to have hope and want to make it work. So we shall see. Well, I hope it does work out. Do you have a, a website or any way people can get and in, in, in see more of your work or anything that you want to let us know about poetry-wise in Washington, D.C., where you are? Um, I'm a member of a group called, uh, let's see, I've got it right here, DC Poetry Project, and it's a group called Poets on Fire. And uh, that's that's we were uh, we funny have a variety name, of what you just read. Yeah, <laughs> that was not uh, chosen no, I with. <laughs> I know. I'm just funny, but yeah. It is. At any rate, uh, we we it's run by a guy named Michael Anthony Ingram, who is uh, wonderful, and he is uh, really bringing 
poetry to a lot of people who wouldn't otherwise do it. And I, I do read f- for him uh, fairly often. I'm hoping to put out a book sometime this year. Oh, great. Do it. If I do, I'll do an exchange. Excellent. That'd be great. Yeah, you should definitely participate in that. Well, Susan, thank you so much for for calling in. Um, um, I'm glad that, uh, you know, amidst the tragedy that you got a poem out of it at least and um, hope to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, Susan calling from Washington, D.C., uh, sharing us with sharing with us her poem about uh, her family home a family her a, <laughs> I'm just learning the English language thank you uh, about a home that her family owns that uh, that was uh, burned down by arson uh, arsonists um, which is uh, which is awful I can't imagine having to go through that uh, New Orleans is definitely a place that I would like to get to one of the things I've noticed when you, when you talk to people who are traveling. Um, in the United States from elsewhere, people who are tourists in, in this country, um, in particular people from Europe, um, one of the, if they had the chance to go to a lot of different places. I've, I've had this conversation with people like this, and, and, and without fail, they point to New Orleans as a place that um, was really the highlight of their trip. Um, so that's, that's a place that I definitely want to get to. And I'm sad that I haven't gotten to yet. The whole, uh, I don't know if any of you watched the, uh, the show American Horror Story, but that was set there this year. So New Orleans is always kind of on the tip of my creative mind. Thank you again, Susan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the number to call in. This is for you. This is for you listening with a poem that you need to read to other people on the phone on this show. This is for you. Call in the number 646 646- 716-7362. We want to hear from you. We want to give you the chance to read your poem. We want to hear what's going on um, in your community in poetry. We want to hear about your newest book. We want to hear about whatever it is that you want to tell us that has something to do with poetry. Please call in. Don't be nervous. If you've never called into an opening before, if you've never done an open reading before, if you're the kind of person who would just go to an open reading and sit in the back just to see what it's like, this is the easiest way to do it. You know, this is really the easiest way to do it. And uh, you you do it from the the comfort of your own home, in the darkness of your own room. No one can even see you. No one can look at your appearance, making any kind of assessment. They just want to hear your voice reading a poem. For God's sakes, give a fake name if you want to. I don't care. Just call in and read your poem, area code 646-716-7362. Our next caller, let's see, showing up in my um, in my, uh, in my uh, directory here is Enchanting Aussie. Hello, Enchanting Aussie. Hello, Rick. I'd love to give a fake name, but that would just completely mute the purpose of um, sharing poetry with everyone. <laughs> I guess it would, um, and though technically, if Enchanting Aussie isn't your name, you you kind of already did give a fake name. Yes, yeah, I, I don't know why um, I can't have to change that in Skype. It just might me might not use a new email address. I don't know, but I am an Aussie. There's no doubt about that. Are you calling from Australia right now? 
I am calling from Australia right now. What, what city? Uh, I'm near Melbourne in Victoria. It's 9 o'clock in the morning on Monday. Oh, well, uh, happy tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. How's yesterday going? <laughs> Pretty well, but I bet you've, you've experienced more of, of it, so maybe you can tell us how, how yesterday was for you, just to give us you know, some outlook on how the day will go for the rest of us. <laughs> well, do, you know, do, you know do you know who won the Super Bowl? Uh, no, I can't tell you that. Sorry, that I'm sworn to secrecy. Just oh, um, you should turn down your your speaker over there, or, or something. I think you're hearing the show in in delay. Um, but um, well, by the way, here's an important question. Uh, what's your name? Uh, my name's Neville Hyatt, otherwise known as the Bard from Ballarat. Stupid ad on the blog to radio that's loaded up. Oh, I'm I trying see. to kill it. But let me. That's okay. It's always something, you know. But um, Neville, why don't you uh, why don't you share your poem with us? Okay, I just killed that window. All right, the poem is out of my collection, The Bard from Ballarat, and it is entitled Pictures of You. If I die tonight, know that you were a light that kept this fire burning, that kept these wheels churning. If I don't see another sunrise, know that I died gazing into your eyes. So deep, so surreal, constantly enticing me to tell you how I feel. Know that you meant the world to me. Closing my eyes, I could dream of flying free. Floating through the clouds, my love for you knows no bounds. Oh, the pictures you would send to save me from going round the bend. It never mattered of what, though some I liked a little, and some I liked a lot. If I die tonight, know that you were the light that kept this fire burning, that kept these wheels churning. You saw me for all I could be, even when I wanted to flee. You were the voice inside my head, even when you weren't beside me in my bed. In peace. Neville, wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so you, I think you're our first... I've been doing this show for four or five years now. I think you're you're the first caller I've had from Australia, so this is kind of uh, very exciting for me. Well, I'm very happy to be the uh, the first Australian representing on your show. Um, is there uh, where you live? Do you do you have a, a poetry community that you get to participate in? Are there open readings and, and things like that that you can go to? Yeah, there's not too much happening in where I live. It's a town of about a hundred thousand. Um, mm-hmm. The capital city, Melbourne's just over an hour away, and there's quite a lot happening down there. Um, there is a local writers group which covers all forms of writing, um, which I'm a member of, and that's a, a great outlet to hear other people and what they're reading and writing and also sharing your own work. And there's an even smaller local poetry group um, which get together and read their own work as well as other people's works um, and just get together once a month um, during the year and a very casual and relaxed uh, night out just sharing poetry, which is a wonderful thing. Cool, that's great. Um, and do you have a website or anything if people want to check out more of your work or some way to get in touch yep. with you? Yep, yep. If they want to check out my work, nevillehyatt.com or on uh, Facebook, they can look up The Bard from Ballarat. And I've actually got a giveaway for February if anyone wants to uh, write a love poem and upload it. I'm giving away copies of my book at the end of the month to the uh, the one I like the best. Oh, that's so cool. 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's a clever way to get people to, 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 to keep coming back to your website as well. Well done. Thank you. I look forward to uh, tuning in next time you're on. Is it a monthly show, I gather? It is a monthly show. It, it's, it's, it happens uh, um, always on a Sunday at the same, well, I, I guess on a Monday uh, in your world. Yep. Um, at at at, uh, at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Australian time, um, uh, the the particular week that it happens each month varies depending on on my schedule, honestly. But it's it's always once a month. Um, and if you you can check out the there's a couple ways to keep in touch with it. If you go to our website poetrysuperhighway.com/psh, uh, you can. Um, see the upcoming schedule. The next one happens to be on March 2nd slash March 3rd. Um, and uh, you can get on our email list. You can join the Poetry Superhighway Facebook group and uh, and and announcements alerting you to when the next one is happening uh, always will be emailed and, and Facebooked to you as well. Well, sounds like I'll have to connect on Facebook with you then. Keep in touch. Cool. Well, Neville, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for uh, representing Australia um, uh, for us, and um, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks very much. I've got a lot of media to do. I've got a, uh, I'm actually doing a talk at the local library on Sunday, so I've got to contact all the media outlets this week and get them on board. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. All right. That was um, a Neville Hyatt calling from from uh, about an hour outside of Melbourne, Australia. Um, our first call from Down Under. Very excited. It just goes to show you how uh, how cool it is to to do something like this on the internet because it's really accessible to everyone in the whole world. And since Neville was actually using his computer to call in, um, um, you know, it's uh, well, a the sound was better because he was using a microphone instead of the phone. Uh, but uh, it didn't cost him anything. So that's just another thing. If you're from, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things we don't have to worry about anymore is toll calls, you know, ever since the Internet has come about. So you, what's your excuse for not calling in yet? The number is 646-716-7362. We've got about a half an hour left in the show. Love, we have plenty of time and a few open lines to uh, be able to get you in. Again, I encourage you to call in earlier rather than later. We tend to get a lot of calls in the last five minutes, and I always have to not put someone on, um, et cetera. And if you call in earlier, I, I always feel a little more comfortable spending more time talking with you and asking about what's going on in your world. So let's see. Our next caller is uh, uh, Blocked Number. Hello. Who, who did I just put on the air? Uh, are you calling 2-1? I mean, I, is it 212? Well, it doesn't say 212 on my screen, but it is you. It is I. I called you last time, and I was blocked then, too. I think I have to dial two numbers before that, star and 82. But I, I forget that. I shouldn't be blocked. Um, I don't Wait, know why that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 called caller ID, and and if you have it, uh, you know, blocking enabled, then uh, then that, then you do have to disable it for calls that, that where it's required. It's not not a big deal for us, uh, you know. It's it's you're not breaking any law here. As long as we figure out who you are, you're, you're welcome to call in with a blocked number. Remind me your name and where you're calling from. My name, well, my pen name is my mother's last name and my father's last name, and, and that is Firestone Feinberg. But my first name is David. 
Okay. And where are you calling from uh, again, David? I do remember talking York. with you last. Oh, New York City, right? Okay. New York City. Uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember your pen name and uh, and your voice from last time as well. So welcome back. You're you're uh, officially uh, you're officially a repeat offender. Yes, I am. I enjoyed myself last time. I uh, love talking to you. I love listening to all the other poets, and I find the show very uh, entertaining. Success. Success is right. And I uh, appreciate that someone called from so far away as Australia. I, I, it's mind-blowing, really. Yeah, to me, too. You know, it's, I think it's the coolest thing. Wonderful. Um, I, it's actually one, you know, one of the reasons when I, um, you know, I, I submit poetry for publication online, um, as you may be aware, I publish two poets every week uh, as Poets of the Week on the Poetry Superhighway website, and I highlight them on, um, on uh, you know, in the email that goes out. And one of the things that it says in our guidelines is that you have to send a bio which includes what city you live in. And I just think it's the coolest thing to, you know, be, re- you know, to essentially to be getting poetry from people from everywhere in the world. You know what I'm saying? It's, Absolutely. And, and just it's, just to look, oh, this is a poem that was just sent to me from Australia. This is from someone in Africa. This is, you know, and I, I can't think of a country. Well, actually, I guess it wouldn't be too hard to think of one. But, you know, every continent surely has been represented on the Poetry Superhighway. And so to get a caller great. from Australia is is cool. But not no no slight to New York City. And I'm, I'm thrilled to get calls <laughs> and poets from New York City as well. We're, we're used to slights here. I guess we had... You dish him out too. Yeah, well, not me. <laughs> well, let's hear your poem. Uh, I mean, I do, but not on the radio or or what have you. Uh, okay, my poem has no title, so I'm just gonna. It just starts with the first line, and, and that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. As words fly round the room and you pretend to see them, although you know you really don't, and dreams encircle the invisible, and old ideas arise from nowhere to remind you that others are, and you look for a clue to enlighten you. All there is is darkness, darkness you can almost feel. You do remember something, Vaguely, it seems about a thousand years ago that you learned all about the important things, the things that mean something, even in a world that has gotten lost. And what you came to understand is that there is more, and even when it is forgotten, it is still here. Very nice, nice, David. Thank you. Again. Thank you. It's a pleasure, and I, I'm much less nervous this time than I was the first time, so you have a calming effect. Well, <laughs> thank you. That's, um, it's, uh, it's odd. I, I, had a, I had a coffee um, just before going <laughs> on the air by a, by a company called um, uh, Death Wish Coffee. <laughs> uh, so it's you know it's it's pretty amped up with uh caffeine um so i'm not sure how how you're getting calming out of this um but but i'm i'm so pleased 
Well, you sound calm to me. I mean, maybe I'm so much wilder than you are that you're relatively calm. Clearly. Um, David, remind us, do you, do you uh, I, I probably asked you this last month, but do you have, is there anything in New York City in poetry that you participate in that you want to share with us? Yes, I, uh, every month in my library, I belong to a, I go to a poetry group, it's small, there's about six or seven members, and we share our poetry and try to help one another out. It's mostly retired folks like myself, and uh, we have a great time. It's for two hours every every week, every month. I'm sorry. Cool, that's great. And and where if someone wanted to participate in that, where where would they go? Well, if they're in New York, it, it's at the New York Society Library, which they can't go to unless they're a member. It's a it's a subscription library, but it's not expensive, and um, anybody is welcome to join. Cool. Well, that's that's great. Well, it's, you know, I, I am sure there's a ton going on in New York City, and and that's one of the things that I hadn't heard of, and that's kind of why why we do this show. I'm I'm confident there are people from New York who listen to this show, and and they might not be aware of that. So um, so uh, fantastic. Yeah, well, I found it by accident. It was near a doctor that I was visiting. It's on East 79th Street, and it's the oldest library in New York City, 1654. And it started King George. That's pretty great. So before uh, before America, um, there was this library. That's right. And and, uh, they have over a half million books. And the stacks are open to everybody. It's it's a it's a it's a gem. You can That's look true. it up Where? on the web. It, it it's called New York Society Library. And I don't know what the it's the, you just if you Google on New York Society Library, you'll find the address and there's pictures of it and and all that sort of thing. That's cool. I'm going to post a link. I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to post a, a link to it in the chat room. Um, I just found the website. So if anyone is, is on the Blog Talk radio page and in the chat room, um, I just posted the link right now. It's it's nysoclib.org, and um, and all the information about the, the library is there. So, um, uh, so, so there you go. Great. Well, thanks for letting me know about this. I think I may... Check it out next time I'm in uh, in New York, 53 East 79th Street. Uh, yeah, it's open to the public on the first floor, the reference room, and uh, and then you can get a tour easily if any member wants to take you around or they have tours. The people are very very nice. It's just uh, <laughs> it's a marvel really that something like that exists in the world today, especially in New York City. Yeah, it's cool. You know, in in America, it's we just don't have that many things that are all that old relative to other, you know, uh, countries across the pond, as it were. So it's um, um, it's it's cool to to, to find things that are really you know I- I American ancient, as it were. And, yeah, it's, uh, and good to know it's really that. great. It's really great. It's cool. Well, stuff. David, thank you. Thank you for calling in again, Firestone Feinberg, and I and I'll talk with you again. Just say one more thing. 
Sure. About I have two websites, but I'm only talking about one. It's a group website of uh, exactly ten poets that are outstanding poets that I've gleaned from peer review sites and know from personal life and, and that sort of thing. And the, it, it's a very, very minimalist site. All that's there is the poems, no ads, no comments, no, no nothing except the poems and the persons who wrote them and their email addresses. So if you want to contact them, and the, the uh, URL is uh, www.verse, V-E-R-S-E, hyphen, virtual.com. Great. I just uh, typed that into the chat room as well. Verse-virtual.com. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's listed in the Poetry Superhighway links directory, but um, maybe click have, on. I'm, I think uh, you're listed in that because I listed you, and maybe maybe you're. Maybe maybe I'm listed on yours. I definitely maybe. am. Oh, good. Great. Then definitely then, uh, am. I just want to make sure that all the great poetry websites are, are, are included in our directory. If anyone runs a poetry website and you're not, just click on our links uh, menu and then add your link here. And not only will we add the link if it's not, not already there, but we'll include a mention of it that week in the Poetry Superhighway newsletter. I believe um, you You think we did that already? Great. Well, thank uh, David, thank, thank you so much for calling in again, and I look forward to talking thanks, to you Rick. next time. You're a great guy. Thanks so much. You too. All right, that was uh, uh, David Feinberg uh, uh, calling from New York City. Um, how cool to know that there's a place that um, a, a library that old um, um, in you know anywhere. So in America, New York New York Society Library, um, N Y S O C L O B not L O B L I B dot org N Y S O C L I B dot org. Check it out. I'm going to check it out next time I'm in New York City. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We have about 22 minutes left in the show. I'd love for you to call in. The number is 646-716-7362. Our next caller is uh, also a block number. Is anyone there who I just... Is anyone there? Hello. Hi, Rick. Yeah. It's oh, Michael hey. Michael from Birmingham. How are you doing? Good, Michael. How are you? Missed the show last week, so I'm now uh, wishing you a happy new year, 2014. Thank you very much. To you as well. Thank you. Do you have a poem for us? Yes, I have a poem. Let me... Okay. It's called... I wanted to read it last month, but actually it's kind of appropriate this month. February being Valentine's, um, I'd written it titled Epiphany from... The boy bred with ginger. With nothing on him, gingerbread boy stands on his hands and turns about face into a frosted reindeer mask with antlers the length of the legs. Then, within a heartbeat, somersaults the animal side to sunny side up, his arms in a V. Like Catherine and Heathcliff, they are walking side by side, rising to any plane they can 
imagine. I added that last part this afternoon to make it a little Valentine oriented. That's great, wonderful I'm, piece. I'm a big, I'm a. Well, I don't want to use the word fan, but um, um, I consider Weathering Heights just uh, a great book. You know, Emily Bronte wrote that, and then as Heathcliff is dying in the book, she's dying too in real life, and then she passed. Uh, like she was born to write that book. That was her life, and then she passed on to eternity. Well, um, it, it certainly has, has made uh, its mark on the world. It, not the first author I've heard of, um, you know, within the last year um, who, who basically had one thing out that, you know, became a classic that everyone's heard of. My, my wife and I were just in Atlanta uh, uh, for a wedding a few months ago, and we went to Margaret Mitchell's house. And, and uh, Margaret Mitchell, of course, wrote Gone with the Wind, and that's really the only book that she she put out but it's you know it's something that you know no one has not heard of that so uh, nothing uh, no, no slight uh, can be inferred from someone who to 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 uh, Emily Bronte or Margaret Mitchell for having just done that one thing because they're wonderful things well uh, if I recall correctly in a movie that's based on those three sisters Charlotte Ann and Emily you know Charlotte did very well she lived longer than others and she lived to see her books reach critical acclaim and success. And I think it was Thackeray who lived at the time. He was also a writer and a critic. And uh, Charlotte asked him, goes, no, I don't understand. You said Emily's book was the... I use the word best. He may have said they had the mark of, uh, of genius. And Charlotte asked him, I don't understand how come... You know, it wasn't well received. I mean, it was almost like band. It was, you know, a real censored book at the time. And in fact, we said, and I paraphrased, put in a contemporary terms, I did not say it was the commercial success of all the books from you sisters at that time. He says, I didn't say it was the commercial success. I said it had the highest mark of genius. And I can, re- I can definitely relate to that. There are probably a lot of very genius artists out there who aren't commercially successful, but that doesn't mean that their work isn't marked with genius. That's true. Speaking of genius, speaking of genius, you mentioned Philip Seymour. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he's the actor that played Truman Capote. Yes, he, that was a starring role. He played Capote. And that was was a work of poetry. John Keats said to be able to, he used negative capability and to be able to totally lose yourself and, and enter another being, a, I'm paraphrasing again and not trying to sound too academic. And the person that he keeps identified as having that, that capacity to the greatest extent that he knew of in his lifetime was uh, um, not that they lived at the same time, but that he was familiar with was William Shakespeare. And William Shakespeare, of course, was you know a playwright, you know, actors. So I can see the connection there. And, uh, with poetry. Well, he certainly uh, treated his craft uh, like it was poetry. You know, he was he was a an actor who treated acting as if it was a craft. You know, and he he worked at it and and um, was a master at it. Um, uh, he was the master, uh, if I 
may make a pun based on one of his film titles. But um, anyway, Michael, thank you so much for uh, for the poem and for your thoughts on on Philip Seymour Hoffman, etc. Always great to hear from you. Yeah, and he was also an almost famous, was he? Was he not also? Didn't he have a role in that also? Um, I, I I believe he did, but I I, I don't remember specifically. But uh, I'm sure you could look it up on Internet Movie Database. I think so. Okay, well, it, it was good calling in and speaking with you and sharing a poem, and you have a, a good week, and hopefully talk to you next month. Sounds good, Michael. Thanks so much. You're welcome. All right, that was Michael from Birmingham, Alabama, another repeat offender here on Poetry Superhighway Live, uh, sharing, an Ele- uh, sharing, sh- sharing his poem uh, and thoughts about Emily Bronte and Valentine's Day and Philip Seymour Hoffman, etc., <laughs> Etc. So the number to call in, ladies and gentlemen, is 646-716-7362. About 15 minutes left in the show. Um, let's get to our next caller. Um, hello, 973. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> How are you doing, Thank you David, for... David yes. Neves. Calling is... from where, wherever it is that you live now. Uh, Plainsfield, New Jersey. Plainsfield, New Jersey. Yeah, it's 54 degrees up here now. But we're supposed to get snow. Well, that's like a heat wave for you there, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a dichotomy. It's a walking contradiction in weather. A meteorologist's wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least they have something, you know. Uh, so... I read a short piece because you only have a few minutes on the show and um, I wanted you to get another caller in, so I'll I'll make this real short. This is Mood for the Day. Um, This was written in the hospital when I was getting operated on on my uh, uh, bariatric surgeries. It was um, my, uh, was it, gastric bypass. Here it is. Mood for the Day. I assault the page with versified words, since I am invaded as I have invaded, with diabolical precision, not yet alive, of coldest edge, removing tissue impartially. Where have you gone, Dr. Garfunkel? Our nation is anesthetized by you. Who, who, could you? Do what did he do? So many needles as sharp as feathered pillows. Many words more sleepy than scalpels. Implements of invasion, and yet I still assault the page. And so I will not buy any green bananas. (laughs) That's, you've drawn a line in the sand there, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd like that, Rick. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the whole Dr. Garfunkel. I'm just glad he's he's found a career since since you know his band broke up. Well, the the reason he's in that poem is because Dr. Garfunkel was my anesthesiologist who performed the operation. So, uh, I, you know, when when he said hi, I'm Dr. Garfunkel. I just started singing uh, Bridge Over. <laughs> Of water. <laughs> I'm sure. Any any relation? Any relation? 
I don't think so, no. It was it was a gas. It was just a gas. All this, you know, it's kind of like Seinfeld. <laughs> it was just like Seinfeld. It was it was it was a gas. Anyway, I hear there's there's going to be a, a some sort of Seinfeld uh, reunion thing that that they they filmed that's going to show up fairly soon somewhere, according yeah. to the rumors on the internet. Yeah. Did I tell you, David, about the time that I met Art Garfunkel? No, you didn't. you didn't. I used to work. I used to work at a radio station here in the San Fernando Valley called KGIL, which in its day was was really you know quite a thing, um, um, a news talk radio station. And there was a uh, there was a, a talk show host named Carol Hemingway who I worked for. I was her engineer, and she had Art Garfunkel in as a guest live in studio um, when oh, I was okay. there. And he was actually promoting his most recent at the time book of poetry that he'd written and i i thought that was so cool this was really early on in my career of writing poetry and i used to walk around with this little tiny little journal and i would write down my thoughts and poems in it and things like this observations and things and so i walked in uh, uh during a commercial break and i you know mr garfunkel i'm you know big fan um and i handed him my little book you know to the the latest empty page and I said, you know, this is a book of my thoughts, and it would mean so much to me if you would sign it. And he wrote, um, Rick, I'm your next thought, Art Garfunkel. <laughs> um, and then, you know, many years later, I had the chance to see Simon and Garfunkel play during their reunion uh, tour that they did, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago when they were in L.A., and it was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, and, I was and, in the park for for their reunion. I was in Central oh, wow. Park. Yeah. <clears throat> Very cool. Well, David, always always good to hear from you. You, uh, d- d- you know, it's it's getting to the point where I have to reach out to you to let you know we're on the air. So pay attention to the emails for God's sake. <laughs> Smack me in the back of the head, Rick. Smack <laughs> me in the back of the head. Okay, Rick. We'll we'll see you next month. Promise. All right. Good. All right. That was uh, David Neves, uh, formerly of Newark, New Jersey, now in Plainsfield, New Jersey. Uh, he's been calling into our show for years. Always thrilled to have him on the air. Um, uh, qu- a quick call back to an earlier uh, caller. Uh, Neville Hyatt from Australia posted his um, Facebook website, if anyone wanted to check out our Australian friend. Um, it's uh, facebook.com slash the bard from Ballarat. Um, but just to spell it out, it's you know T-H-E-B-A-R-D, so that's the bard, from... Ballarat, B-A-L-L-A-R-A-T, The Bard from Ballarat, facebook.com slash The Bard from Ballarat. Okay, um, 10 minutes left. I've got a couple more callers on, on the line here. We'll see if we can get to both of you. Um, uh, we could probably get one or two more in if you want to give a call. The number is 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 614 area code. Hi. Rick, what's happening? You tell me. This is Vincent, man, from Fan Mail Poetry and Do Pantyhose Lie. Oh, yes, Vincent. How's it going, Vincent? Excellent, sir. Excellent. You've been doing some excellent work, so I appreciate you. Just want to give a shout-out and say thanks, and uh, everything's going great, man. Great. I mean, has 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 there been a, a final word on whether pantyhose lie or not? Yeah, there actually is. Uh, there actually is, and they do. It's just men can't answer it, only women, because you can get yourself in trouble. 
<laughs> yeah, well, so all now, the women say they do, but if a man says they do, you get in trouble. So I, I understand. You know. Yeah, I, I do too. I've been married for 17 years, so I, I, uh, I understand, trust me. You know, the question is, do men lie when women don't want to hear what they want to say? Never. Yes. There's, there's, I, I would just like to be clear on that. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. Well, hey, I got a, uh, I got a piece here from my, uh, my, my new book entitled Love Letters to Hollywood and Other Not-So-Random Thoughts. Random. R-A-N-D-U-M-B. So. Clever. And it's called uh, Just Do It. Let's hear it. So, all right. It says, I saw a baker the other day who was not a baker at all. I walked up to him, peeled off his skin, and inside was his artist call. I saw a cashier at the corner of Starbucks who was not a cashier at heart. I lifted her up like a cup, poured her out on the floor, allowing her business to start. I saw an accountant at a local business crunching numbers with great drudgery. On the wall in his office, a photo of outer space, as he thought, that's where I want to be. So many people doing so many things, things they really do not want to do. My hope and my prayer is that you cast all care. Do not let this person become you. You may love what you do, but you know it's true, that there is something else on the inside of you. You must let you out. You must murder doubt, assassinate second-guessing, and let the real you out. Just do it. Just do it indeed. Um, Vincent, thank you for that. I was just uh, flipping through your website, and I saw on the Do Pantyhose Lie website that you are offering free pantyhose. <laughs> Actually, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, well, you can read pieces of the book. That's what, that's what the pantyhose are. They're, they're free, they're free, a couple of free pieces from the book. So you can, uh, that's what the free pantyhose are. It's not free pantyhose. I, I, I did try to get a deal with legs when they were out, but, uh, they, um, it just didn't, uh, just didn't manifest yet, you know, so. I'm, but, I'm uh, always trying, the new I'm book always is trying on to get Amazon. a deal with legs. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, uh, book is on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. Again, it's called, uh, Love Letters to Hollywood and Other Not-So-Random Thoughts by Vincent H. Ivory. And got a website, got a new, got a new website coming up soon um, for, uh, for that particular book. Actually, it'll be under my name, but I just haven't finished it up yet. But I love sharing, and I appreciate you, man, and uh, you're doing great work. Don't quit. Oh, thank you so much. Um, remind me where you're calling from. Uh, Westerville, Ohio, the suburb West- of Columbus. Right, Okay. Um, yep. I'm not, um, uh, you know, I'm not so good at remembering where everyone in the world lives, but I'm, I'm so oh, glad. Oh, man, you... you're talking to a lot of people. <laughs> it's true. Um, it is true. You know, I'm, to be honest, I'm lucky when I'm out if I remember how to get home. You know what I'm saying? Um, gotcha. So, but cool. Well, I hope that the new book um, uh, is, uh, is, is hugely successful for you, and, um, and I always appreciate you uh, calling in. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks, Rick, and hey, you have a great year. And you I'll too. talk to you next month. Sounds good. All right. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. That was all right. That was uh, Vincent Ivory from uh, uh, Westerville, Ohio, uh, outside of Columbus, uh, uh, talking about his new book. Um, he also is the uh, uh, the author of Do Pantyhose Lie, which is a 
live website. You can go to right now to find out the answer to that question, though we did kind of reveal it, I guess. Do pantyhose lie dot com. What a what a great promotional idea to team up, you know, poetry and and legs pantyhose. I um that's thinking outside the box. I wonder what other connections we could make with our poetry uh to famous brands. Um that's your challenge, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh it's one thing to write the great poetry uh, but it's another thing if no one ever hears it, and uh, and and so it's kind of about marketing. Once we've got the product out there, uh, what what can you do to uh, get your book <laughs> the attention that it deserves? And if it takes pantyhose to do that, then my God, that's what it takes. We just have a couple minutes left. I don't know that we can fit any more callers. If someone has a really short poem and they want to call right now, please do six four six seven one six seven three six two. I want to read really quickly a poem that appears in uh, issue number two of Lummox Journal. Lummox is a an annual poetry anthology that comes out of Long Beach, California, um, edited by R.D. Armstrong, um, also known as uh, Rain Dog. He's been publishing and producing um, out of Southern California, putting books out um, and publishing people for about 20 years now. Uh, this is a poem that appears in the latest issue of Lummox. It's called You Remind Me of Philadelphia. All I ever think of is the morning after, my first night in that city, when I woke up and found out the car had been broken into. I think of standing in the hotel parking lot, passenger window shattered, stereo stolen, audio cables hanging limp like dead snakes from the hole in the dash. I think of the dead eyes of the hotel clerk when I reported the break-in. I think of the shrugging policeman, his mumbled, there's not much we can do. I think of the wind whipping through that broken window, howling and relentless and deafening the whole drive back home. That's the poem, uh, You Remind Me of Philadelphia by the poet Matt Galetta from Del Mar, New York. I've got a poem in here too, one called, um, uh, uh, man, what's it called? Oh, oh yes, um, Leonardo da Vinci Invented Everything, which is a poem I wrote uh, just over a year ago when I had the chance to visit da Vinci's uh, final hometown, Amboise, France, in the Loire Valley of, Parent, of France. So check it out, Lummox, um, uh, lummoxpress.com. This is an amazing anthology of poetry, um, over 170 poets in it. There's interviews with, with Mark Doty. There's book reviews. There's all kinds of cool things and all kinds of great poetry, lummoxpress.com. Support uh, Rain Dog. He's a guy who who um, does his best to make a living, and it really is a meager living at that, um, by producing and publishing poetry. So um, well worth your support, um, not just because he's doing that period, but um, because the work that he's doing is really excellent. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the February 2014 edition of Poetry Superhighway Live. Our next show will be on Sunday, March 2nd at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. I almost said Pacific, which is a whole other time zone that I'm not going to get into right now. Um, Though if you're in Australia, that'll be at 9 a.m. on Monday, March 3rd. Um, I want to thank our callers, uh, Susan from Washington, D.C., Neville from Melbourne, Australia, or for outside of Melbourne, I should say, um, David from New York City, uh, Michael from Birmingham, Alabama, David from Plainsfield, New Jersey, Vincent from Westerville, Ohio, 
uh, and me, I guess, from right here in Southern California. Um, enter the Great Poetry Exchange. Not not enter, but participate. Send your book to someone else, and you'll get one in return. Go to our website, poetrysuperhighway.com. Sign up and check out all the details. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs>